teacher friend, welcome to the Simply Teach podcast, a podcast for teachers by teachers. I'm your host, Kelly Jackson, and each week I bring you a podcast full of practical and helpful ideas from teachers. We all know that teaching is really hard work, and I want this podcast to be a place for you to not only find ideas, but to also find encouragement and motivation. Hey there, happy November 19th. I am fresh off the plane from my trip back home. We went back to the States for a week to go to a wedding for a friend, travel around our little area of Texas and see our friends and the new baby, spend time with our family. We had an early Thanksgiving. I know there's a couple more weeks still Thanksgiving, but we coerced our family into all coming to the lake house and spending the day out there and we had our own little thanksgiving a few weeks early we're back in germany now and guys if it is if we stick to our plan we are here for less than a year left so it's exciting but scary all at the same time um, today we're going to be talking about something fun and different inspired by my recent trip to Denmark. This episode, we're going to talk about five ways to incorporate Huga in your classroom. And I know that doesn't sound like what you read on the title, H-Y-G-G-E. It looks like Higgy. And that's honestly what I said until I Googled it and listened to Google tell me how to say it like four times, Huga. Huga is a Danish word that, and I'm getting this definition from a blog that I found that I really like. It's hugahouse.com, but H-Y-G-G-E, house.com. It's a Danish word, and she says it's used to acknowledge a feeling or a moment, whether alone or with friends, at home or out, ordinary or extraordinary, as cozy, charming, and special. So this is something that the Danes really pride themselves on. And when we were in Denmark back in August, we felt it, we saw it. I loved it so much that it inspired a whole podcast episode. Um, I read a book earlier this year called The Year of Living Danishly, Uncovering the Secrets of the World's Happiest Country. And it's written by Helen Russell. And I absolutely 100% recommend the book. I loved it. I thought it was great. And basically she and her husband lived in England. They moved to Denmark for his job and she's a journalist. And so she spends this whole year trying to really uncover are Danes really the happiest people on earth, like all the reports say that they are. And uh, I'll let you read the book and discover what she finds out. But it was a great book and it really got me excited for our trip to Denmark and really got me looking forward to finding this Huga while we were there. And I came back, I am trying to implement it in our house. And I thought, you know what, what a fun way to really try and be intentional with our space in our classroom and create some Huga in there. So today we're going to talk about five different ways you can incorporate that into your classroom. And really it's just a matter of creating that personal, welcoming, cozy touch in your classroom that makes your kids feel like they're at home, like they're happy, like they're peaceful. So we're going to talk through those things. Here we go. Real quick, though, before I get started, I would ask you, I know I ask you every week, but I'm going to ask you again and keep asking, please go rate and review the podcast. It helps other teachers find the podcast. If you are excited about this episode or listen to it and love it, I want you to take a screenshot of it, put in your Instagram, tag me in it, let other teachers find it. It makes me so happy whenever I get on Instagram and somebody's tagged me in either a story or on an Instagram post where they are recommending the podcast to other people because I want nothing more to be 
in the ears of more people, encouraging them and helping them to be the best teachers that they can be. All right, let's get started with five ways to incorporate Huga into your classroom. The first way that I would recommend is music. Music really can create such a welcoming and cozy space. And one thing that we did when we were in grad school, I've told you all about the master's program I was in, and every morning when we came in, there was fun and welcoming music playing to kind of let everybody feel, like wake everybody up, first of all, for being at school. And then it also just helps let your guards down. And, you know, I don't know about you, but whenever I get on a plane for like an international flight and they have music playing over the loudspeaker on the plane, it just automatically calms me. I don't know what it is, but it does. And let's do that for our kids by creating some fun playlists that we can listen to in the morning or in the afternoon when we're packing up and getting ready to go that kind of like signals to the brain, okay, we're transitioning into school, we're transitioning out of school. Uh, also incorporating music throughout the day for them to listen to while they're working. So a lot of recommendations talk about in science and research and all that talks about, I think it's like 60 or 80 beats per minute. I don't even know what that means to be honest. So when my kids were working, I just would like put on a, a jazzy type playlist or a classical type playlist, something a little bit more calming. But there were also times when I would put on Kids Bop and they were allowed to sing along to the music. I think all of that goes together in creating that warm and welcoming environment. And with this episode, I am going to throw in a Spotify Classroom Welcome playlist. So if you head to the show notes, I'll share it in there. I've put together a list of some of my favorite songs that I think are great for getting those kids in in the morning, getting them excited for the day, and you can get access to it. Just head to the show notes and it'll be right in there. The second thing we're going to talk about when it comes to incorporating Huga into your classroom is cozy lighting. You're a teacher. You spend a lot of time in your classroom. You know how much you hate those stupid uh, lights, overhead lights. They they're terrible. Um, and they do not make things feel cozy at all. So I loved lamps in my classroom. Now, if you're in a classroom that doesn't allow you or in a school that doesn't allow you to use lamps, um, let's, we can try and find some workarounds. Um, but lamps really do help to just turning off all the lights and turning on lamps around your classroom. I think I had maybe four, lamps in my room and I tried to position them to where there was one in each corner so the lamps could stay on at all times and the the room would stay well lit to where students could work because there's also window light coming in if you have a big window in your classroom and you've got that natural light then you you still have plenty of light to work with um sometimes you do have to turn on the overhead lights and that's okay but more often than not I tried to keep my classroom as dimly lit as possible because again it it adds to that cozy welcoming feeling, the not harsh lights. It just makes me feel so warm and fuzzy inside. And I think it does our kids too. My kids loved working. They always preferred lamps over the big overhead light. If you can't use lamps, do they make battery lamps? I don't know. Maybe that's something that you could look into battery type lamps. Another thing you can do to help get rid of that harsh overhead lighting is to use fabric over the big lights. Uh, I saw this in a resource classroom in my school where they took a, like a baby blue piece of fabric and hung it from, I guess, like the tiles on either side of the light. So it kind of uh, dimmed the harsh light and made it a little bit softer. That's something you could try also if they can't, if they won't use lamps. And lastly, you can also use 
the candles that now this isn't really for lighting. This is more just creating that warm, cozy feeling. But nowadays we have those candles that, you know, you can just turn on that are battery powered and you can just turn on and leave them on all night long and you don't have to worry about anything. But candles is another really big way. All the Airbnbs that we stayed in, in Denmark had like a package of um, those little tea lights in the classroom because candles are such a big thing. And I love candles. So I never used candles in my classroom. I never thought about it. I didn't know about this whole Huga thing back then, but I would totally do it now. And I think it would add to that warm, cozy Huga feeling. The third part, the third thing you can do to add some Huga to your classroom is to make sure that your classroom is organized and be intentional about it. We want to make sure that you have organized spaces in your classroom, that each area of your classroom is organized well, and that when you or your kids or anybody walks into your classroom, they, you want them to walk in and feel like this, ah, and you can't see me right now, but I'm like letting out a big breath and my arms are falling to my side. Because when you walk into a classroom where there's just stuff piled everywhere and desks are, you know, have stuff falling out of them, that adds to visual overstimulation that takes away from that relaxed feeling. So the less clutter you can have, the more organized classroom you can have, the more cozy your classroom is going to feel. And I have a few different resources I want to tell you about that you can get over on my website that will help you with all of them. So the first is the free classroom organization challenge. This is a five-day challenge that I put together, and it's working through organizing different areas of your classroom. You're not going to completely organize your classroom in these five days. It's, it's not a five days and you're done kind of thing, but it's getting your brain in the process of working through how to organize different areas in your classroom. And then you translate that into how can you keep up with it past the five days. I've also got the organize your U table resource, which is a workflow of how to organize either your teacher desk or your U table or whatever. Really it can be used for whatever in the classroom, but I designed it and all the pictures are for the U table. And I walk you through the steps you need to clean out, get rid of, organize, and prepare your U-table so that you're ready for small group teaching. But like I said, you can use it in other areas of your classroom and just take the ideas and implement them there. And then the last resource is the Classroom Organization Guidebook, which is a great resource with over 20 areas of your classroom that I tell you how to organize or ways and ideas to organize. The Organize Your U-Table resource is more of the workflow of how to go about the organizing and the classroom organization guidebook is more of the what you need to do in each of these areas to get them organized. So like I said, there's 20 plus areas in that guidebook that you can organize in your classroom and I give you pictures and tips and ideas that I used in my classroom that other teachers used in their classrooms that worked well or in classrooms that I went and coached in the classroom, uh, things that I did with them that was helpful. I have it divided into, I think, four different sections on setting up the classroom, you're organizing your teaching resources, how to stay organized, like things you need in place uh, to keep the organization in place. And then, of course, how to organize student materials, because that's also really important. You can't have your stuff organized and your kids not be organized and still expect that cozy huga feeling. Uh, and then also in the guidebook, I have lots and lots of pictures, real classroom pictures that uh, depict exactly how I recommend doing things, as well as list action steps, um, resources, and products that you can buy to help get the organizing going. 
All right, teacher friend, I officially have an Amazon shop up and ready for you to do some shopping in. I, of course, have things for all of my favorite topics like classroom organization and classroom management and teacher must-haves. I link to all the Kagan books and resources that I recommend because if you've been around here for any length of time, you know that I love to talk about Kagan Cooperative Learning and I love to share their resources with teachers because they truly are so, so helpful. They're legit made by real teachers, so they actually are usable. I've also got my favorite baskets, bins, organization tools linked up there. Some of them are the exact ones I use in the classroom. So if you're wondering what organization things you need in your classroom, you can head to www.amazon.com slash shop slash the Simply Organized Teacher. And because I can't leave without telling you some of my favorite personal items, I've also got a list of those too. Mainly right now, it's just books that I highly recommend, but I plan to continuously update it with more and more stuff as I come across things I love and things I want to tell you about. If you love this podcast, if you love the Simply Organized Teacher blog and the resources and you want to help it continue, then I invite you to hop on over to Amazon and purchase through the Simply Organized Teacher Amazon shop since a portion of what you pay will come straight to me to be reinvested right back into the Simply Organized Teacher and all the great things that are going on over here. You can get all the organization stuff you need for your classroom plus a few of my favorites at amazon.com slash shop slash the Simply Organized Teacher. Number four for creating Huga in your classroom is to add some plants and some textures. So you can either use real plants or you can use fake plants. Either way, I think you're going to win. Real plants at least allow for an extra classroom job. But just make sure you know how to take care of the plant because like my first few plants I bought in my classroom, I think I killed. I mean, technically the kids killed them, but... (laughs) I mean, I did because I didn't know how to take care of them correctly. And so I wasn't, you know, telling the kids exactly how to do it the best way. Um, But you can also even just use fake plants. I know Ikea has like a huge section of plants, uh, both fake and real, but they've got a ton of fake plants that you can just sporadically put around your classroom. I remember my friend Holly, who worked next door to me, she um, had plants all over her classroom. And I think a lot of them were the ones from Ikea. And I just, I remember always feeling cozy in her classroom. So plants can add to that. Also incorporating textures. So that can be through adding rugs on the carpet. I mean, on the ground, Um, adding fabric to your bulletin boards instead of construction paper. It's a less harsh and it just adds some of that texture. I even used uh, burlap around the borders of my bulletin boards to add some more texture to the classroom. Another thing you can do is pillows. Just be mindful that if you are using pillows, you need to make sure that you're cleaning them. And, uh, you know, when a lice breakout happens, take them up, get rid of them for a little while until it's all gone. But if you do decide to incorporate some kinds of textures in your classroom, Uh, I definitely recommend staying with a color theme. And if you're trying to go with the Huga cozy feeling, I would suggest calming colors like blues and teals and even pale greens instead of those primary typical school colors or hot pink, hot lime green. Those things, again, just add to that visual overstimulation. So the more calming, the more Huga you're going to have. The last part of incorporating Huga into your classroom is really about building community. And I think this is kind of the essence of what Huga boils down to. Those first four things, yeah, they're all material. They're all about, you know, creating a space. But really the most important thing is 
allowing for that community because that is where the real joy happens and where people, um, you know, your kids are not going to remember the plants in the classroom or the music or, I mean, they might, but more than more likely than not, what they're going to remember is the way they felt in your classroom. And so we want to create a space that allows them to feel welcome and safe and relaxed and that they're going to want to open up in and be open and honest with you. When I was researching, I was doing a little bit like about, you know, Huga in Denmark and in the classroom. I saw that even some schools in Denmark have a time each day where they do this, where they set aside time for talking and community building. So a few different ways you can do this is first through class meetings. I talk about class meetings a lot and I highly recommend class meetings. I've got a book over in my Amazon shop that talks about how to use the purpose of class meetings and then how to implement them. Um, you can do them each morning. You could do, I did like a Monday, Wednesday, Friday schedule with class meetings. And that was the time where we could come together and connect. We would talk about how we were feeling. We would talk about any problems we were having in the classroom. Another way is to incorporate team builders. So these you can do every day. I would actually do them multiple times a day. They're great for brain breaks. Uh, and then they also are building that community and a resource I highly recommend is silly sports and goofy games. And that book is over also in my Amazon shop under the classroom management section, uh, by Dr. Kagan. This is a great book that has a ton of really fun, different brain breaks, not your typical go noodle or, you know, the same old, I feel like you get in a rut of doing the same old team builders and, even that newness of doing a new team builder can add to that community building of the classroom because they get excited about something. They learn something new together. And then lastly is class builders. So I would do class meetings every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then class builders on Tuesday, Thursday. You could most definitely do them every day. It just, I understand the tension of not having enough time or not feeling like you have enough time to incorporate these more less academic things. And I can't stress to you how important it is that we make time for this. And I promise that if you do, you will be paid back tenfold. Um, but again, class builders can just be, there's some in that silly sports, goofy games, and it's just a great way to get the class working together and fostering that community feeling that we want to have in our classrooms. And then lastly, I know I said five, but then as I was typing out the notes for this, I came up with six. And this is really just about welcoming your kids each and every day with a handshake, a hug, or a high five, just some each day. And I will be the first to tell you, I was not good at this. This is an area that I um, will work on improving when I get back into the classroom because my thing was, okay, I'm there in the morning. I'm going to check email while kids are coming in. And really what I should have been doing is each morning standing outside until every kid came in and greeted them with a handshake, a hug, or a high five, because that is just signaling to them that they are welcome here. Um, also doing that at the end of the day, I did do this well, a handshake, hug, or high five at the end of the day. Uh, but, you know, again, just wrapping up the day's over. I love you and I will see you tomorrow. And then the last part of welcoming your kids and, and establishing that community is just goes back to investing in them. Take interest in knowing them, ask them about their day, ask them about their holidays, ask them about what they did over the weekend and things that they like at home and things they don't like at home. And just really take the time to get to know them and talk to them and share about yourself too. What is age and grade appropriate, of course, but 
open up the communication lines. That's going to be really important for creating that welcoming Huga feeling in your classroom. Teaching is so incredibly overwhelming and the start of the school year can be so fun and exciting, but also really overwhelming. One of the biggest questions or the struggles that I saw teachers asking last summer was what can I be doing right now to get ready for this school year? I saw both veteran teachers asking that and first year teachers. But my constant answer to that question was work on your behavior management plan, outline your routines and decide how you want to organize your classroom. Those are like the three things that you could be doing. But this year, I have an even better answer than just those three things. The Kickstart Your School Year course was designed to help you start a new school year. Whether you're a first-year teacher, you're an experienced veteran teacher, you're going to have clear, actionable steps for setting up and organizing your classroom, as well as a detailed plan for managing your students and starting your school year on the right foot. You can get all the info you need at thesimplyorganizedteacher.com slash kickstart. I am so pumped to finally be launching this course that has been an idea in my brain for a couple of years now. This course is designed to help you, the overworked, busy, stressed out teacher. We're going to walk through how to plan for self-care, create detailed management plans, discuss how to organize and decorate your classroom in a way that works for you. And you're also going to think about how to create your plans for the first few days, first week of school. If this sounds like something you're interested in, you can get all the information and sign up for the course at the simplyorganizedteacher.com slash kickstart. So there you have it. Five, well, actually six ways to incorporate Huga into the classroom. And y'all, I, I really do believe that this is a real thing. When we were in Denmark, we went to, like this is a long, a drawn out, confusing process. Cody's grandfather's wife's brother's house. If you lost me, that's fine. But we went to a family member's house. It was so cozy. It was so welcoming. It was also dreamy outside because it was raining and I love the rain. But I guess what I'm trying to get at here is we went to this house that was not exceptionally decorated or some magazine article picture perfect house Um, it's exactly what you might picture a grandmother aged person's house to look like, which I mean, okay, I guess it's cozy in and of itself, but it wasn't the home per se that made it cozy. It was the feeling they created of being welcoming and open and, you know, they had coffee and treats and, um, they had like full fledged cream that they were putting in their coffee. That was the best, I'm about to say a bad word, coffee. I've ever had. Um, and I probably drank way too much of it and gained a couple pounds from it. But anyways, the feeling they created by talking to us and asking us questions and like, I still can picture the woman. I can't like remember her face to be honest. I met her one time for like two hours, but every time I talked, she looked at me in the eye. And I think that's just part of the Danish way of creating that Huga, of creating that feeling of welcoming is they truly want to know you and they truly want to invest in you. And literally everywhere we went in Denmark, from the gas station to the restaurants, to these people's houses, everybody was welcoming and talking to us and smiling at us. And it, it all added, I think when I, when I reflect back on this trip, 
I just have a lot of happy feelings about. And I really think it's because that Hugo feeling that even sometimes wasn't in the place we were in, in the, in the materialistic way, it was in the way that they were communicating and making us feel welcome. So I hope that this podcast inspires you to add some Hugo into your classroom for your kids and even for yourself too. Remember a nice mug of tea or a nice warm cup of coffee can also add to that Hugo feeling. Yeah, I think part of Huga is creating a space that feels welcoming, but I also think the bigger part and the part that I got from meeting the people in Denmark is truly savoring the minute that you're in, enjoying that moment, taking stock of it, finding joy in it. So I hope that you find something in this next week or two, both at home or in your classroom to savor and bask in. I will talk to y'all next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Simply Teach. Remember all the show notes, links to things we talked about, and access to the Simply Organized Teacher email list is all over my website, thesimplyorganizedteacher.com. Also, you can find me on Instagram at the Simply Organized Teacher. Guys, I want to be your social media friend. I want to interact with you, so come find me. The fun music you're listening to, that's provided by hooksounds.com.